Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. I realise that Christmas is is the time of being with the people you love. Right. And I realise that as dire chance and, and, and faithful cock-up would have it here i am mid-50s and without knowing it i've gone and spent most of my adult life with a, with a chubby employee <laughs> christmas with a chubby employee even bill knightley who does that remind you of jones be off with elton but i'm spending christmas with a chubby employee but i am magnificent but I am Bill Nye. I love him. That's I my top Christmas love film, him. love, actually. Top no, Christmas that film. That is the Christmas film. I don't care what anyone says. I don't even do chick flicks, but that is... That isn't a chick flick. That film. That isn't a chick flick. Someone said to me the other day they'd never seen it because they thought it was rubbish, but they hadn't seen it. Who could think that was rubbish? But I went to the screening of that film. I went to the screening and I knew it would be a hit. I went to the screening... Honestly, Hugh Grant coming down the stairs doing his little dance. He didn't want to magic. do that dance. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he was forced. Magic. Absolutely magic. So it's Christmas. Yay! Yay! We got there. All the shopping. Who started eating mince pies already? You I, won't have, will you? I've got vegan mince pies coming tomorrow. You don't like mince pies? No, I know, but I'm going to give them to people. Oh, well, I'll come and eat them. I like mince pies. I'll stuff one in your gob. Yeah, as I as I walk in, just pop it in. We'll be well away. I've also been watching this week a new drama on Channel 4, Vardy versus Rooney. I saw that. What did you think? I thought it would be quite entertaining and funny. Nah. But it was really just a transcript of what happened in court and the actress playing Rebecca Vardy wasn't attractive enough and Colleen Rooney doesn't really say anything. I thought they both needed to be bent over someone's knee and have their backsides slapped. They were acting like stupid little schoolgirls. I literally could bear to watch it. But what must their husbands think of them? They must just sort of roll their eyes. It's, honestly, I, I honestly thought it was so childish. The only glowing thing in that drama for me was Martin Sheen. Yeah, I like him. I do like Are a bit sure of Martin Sheen. Are you sure that's his name? Yeah. Yeah, don't make me doubt myself. I've had a glass of champagne. I'm, 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 that's it for me. 
But, you know, you could have had some more fun with it. There was only two funny lines where she said, who's Davy Jones? (laughs) And some one of the barristers didn't know what FFS meant. But I did think that Rebecca Vardy's relationship with her publicist was a bit like you and me. Because I will text you telling you that I've been affronted or someone's tweeted about me or something. What are you going to do about it? I know I get messages saying, go and stick up for me. Stick up for me. Stick up for me. Stick up for me. And if I dare, dare to disagree with you, oh, that's bad. Yeah, but you're supposed to stick up for me. That's bad. If I say, well, you know, they probably didn't mean it in that way. Oh, that's bad. But you're supposed to stick up for me. I I always You're supposed to be supportive. I'm very supportive. I'm very supportive. She's like a bra. <laughs> so I didn't think Vardy versus Rooney was very good. It wasn't glamorous enough. It wasn't funny enough. It was childish. They both need they both need to just behave themselves. But really, you marry a rich footballer, you're just a prostitute, aren't you, really? I'd do that though. I would. If it was if it was I was having a discussion with someone about this today. Sod women's rights, sod feminism. I want a rich husband and a life of luxury. Yeah, but he'd keep uprooting you. So one minute you'd have to live in Milan, then you'd have to live in Barcelona. Then as he gets older, you'd have to live in Southend or Portsmouth. In mansions. In mansions, Joe. But what I have been enjoying is the new series of Emily in Paris. That's right. Because it's just... It's just... Paris. Paris. The Eiffel Tower. Paris. Shopping, lovely clothes, lovely cafes, beautiful houseman architecture, lovely hotels. Oh, God, don't get started on the the houses and the hotels. That's your thing, isn't it? But, you know, and it's all very optimistic and all the men are good looking. They're so good looking, the men. Oh, maybe I should start watching this. It's fantastic. It's sort of like Sex and the City, but set in Paris. What's not to like? What's not to like? I want Paris. I want bright city lights. Although we are very twinkly in Richmond now, aren't we? All the Christmas lights are up. Everywhere's twinkly and sparkly. No, I got into such a rage last week. I can't remember what set me off. But I walked through the town square in Richmond shouting, I hate Richmond. It's the arse end of the world. I literally was shouting oh, in the middle remember, of the square. I remember you telling me about that. What was it that set you off? Was it the dry cleaner? It might have been the dry cleaner. or it, No, no, I don't. I think it was something, something else. Something set me off. I think something else set you off. The health shop was closed. There was quite a few things that set you off that day, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, but you were arguments. me yesterday. Tell I everyone was, how you I were me. I was you yesterday. I went Christmas shopping yesterday and I couldn't get the stuff I wanted and the shop assistants were incredibly unhelpful. What was that boots. film with Michael Douglas? Boots. It was Boots. That film where Michael yeah. Douglas can't get the burger he wants in, 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 a, in a burger place, so he shoots everybody. He just he just completely loses the plot. That's how I felt in Boots. I wanted to go on a rampage. So Christmas shopping. And then you order online 
so that you don't have to deal with the, the Christmas shopping and out and about. No, and that's the argument I had today. Then you get this situation. I ordered you? a book from bookshop.org, which supports small bookshops, paid extra for it to be here the next day. They left a note saying it was now in Catterick. So I drove to Catterick today with my colleagues and went in. There was a little man, it's a hardware store, and I said, what is the point of ordering online if you just leave me a card and I have to get in my car, drive to Catterick and come here and have, you have to find it and get I said, it's easier for me to go to Debenhams. Yes. And he said, I'm just the, I'm just the conduit. I'm just the, the conduit. I said, no, I said, you're a cog. He said, don't call me a cog. I said, no, I didn't call you a cog. I said, you're a cog. You're a cog in a corporate wheel of laziness and jobsworthness. Cog and, he, and cock sound very alike. I've he got went to be honest. White. I said, you're a cog in a wheel of making me get in my car. I said, what about the polar bears? You're making me get in my car. What's, what what because about the polar bears? Because the stupid... They're telling oh, you not okay. to drive right, anywhere. Right, 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 okay. Have you not heard about global warming, Nicola? I have, I have, I have. But we, we, were, we were going from subject to subject. No, but this little up. man in the hardware shop, he heard about polar bears. Did your dad fight the Nazis? Cogs. Did he? Did he? Did you fight the Nazis? What is the point of internet? I'm Basil Forty. What is the point? What is the actual point? If I hadn't have had my boots experience, which has sucked all the all the sympathy out of me, boots, I would feel sorry for him, but I don't. Boots. You were lit. You literally turned into me yesterday. I did. I was like Lizzie's mini me. And now your mum has to take my dry cleaning into the laundrette under disguise and they recognised her. They did recognise her. <laughs> mum was sent with his, his pissy duvet from Grace's little accident. Yeah, it wasn't me pissing on it, it was the colleague. And it was like, she went in and said, oh, we well, are Nick's mum. Nick works for Liz. It's a weed-on duvet, which is Grace's colleague. That's Liz's. <laughs> but they did send you a message that you're not banned. Come back. All is well. It's Christmas. Let's all be friends. But shall I tell you who shouldn't be forgiven? Yes. Jeremy Clarkson. Absolutely. He wrote a column in The Sun saying that Meghan was worse than Rose West. She should be paraded naked and have excrement thrown at her. And all people of his age think the same. <gasps> we don't. No. Jeremy. And your daughter even went online and said, I do not agree with my father's comments. And should I tell you, everyone, if you're a pig farmer and a cow farmer, tells you something about your character, doesn't it? Oh, we know all we need to know about Jeremy Bloody Clarkson, don't we? And there's calls for him to be sat. There's calls for him to be sat from ITV. And they said, can't the mainstream media leave her alone? Why is the mainstream media being told what to say about her and against her. So I tweeted and I said, actually, I'm a member of the mainstream media. I'm probably the most famous member of the mainstream media. Thank you very much. Award-winning, stoic, long-serving, famous. Yeah. Completely humble. So I'm a member of the mainstream media. I clawed my way to the top without being the daughter of anyone, without being posh. Without having a shoe in through sheer grit. And I said, as a member of the mainstream media, I have never been told to write anything negative about Megan. It's just 
not true. And I don't write negative things about Meghan. But I might write that perhaps cradling your bump all the time is a little bit passive-aggressive to those of us whose uteruses are unused, as my Crusoe downstairs, and like a woman in a car saying baby on board, well, sorry, I won't crash into you because I've got a baby on board. I'll crash into Liz because she doesn't have a baby. And I might have written about Megan that writing messages on bananas does not actually help female sex workers, but I've never attacked her for her race, for being a woman. I've never attacked her personally. And actually, I've stuck up for her. But that's the difference, isn't it? You Haven't can, I stuck up for they her? You have. And you can be negative because at the end of the day, you're entitled to an opinion and you can be negative in that you agree with something or don't agree with but something. But don't incite is, violence no, towards women. That is different. That is completely different to being bullying, to being personal, to being aggressive. And actually... He has been in this game a really long time and he should bloody well know better. But you can be clever about it. It's like when another columnist said that I had sex with my animals and that I'm so old I should be yeah, called Nana and I'm the C word. Unacceptable. I could have said a lot of very mean things about her because I know a lot about her yeah. and the way she conducted herself. All I said was... She said I pretended to be her friend. All I said in response was, in a column in the Man on Sunday, we were friends because she gave a reading at my wedding. I don't invite strangers to give readings at my wedding. And I was always really nice to her. I gave her an Azadine Elias skirt because it was too big for me. Drop the mic and walk away. You've got to be clever. Just don't be a Philistine, Jeremy Clarkson. We could all attack him, couldn't we, for being fat, unattractive, drives everywhere? Pig farmer. Couldn't we? Pig farmer. farmer. Pig farmer. Yeah, I, I honestly, he should know better. And anybody that resorts to saying someone should be paraded naked and have shit thrown at them, seriously, it's appalling. And he has validated all the complaints about the press by behaving like that. Yeah. He's just validated. So she did saying. Netflix saying, I felt afraid and everything. It wasn't just social media. It was the mainstream media. And he's just proved that to be right. No, he has. He has. And it's and it's despicable when other people have been saying, actually, no, like you, you know, we haven't been told to do this. We haven't been told to, to go against you. We haven't been nasty to you. And then he does that. It just... It just was despicable and it's made him look a fool and it's made the British press look a fool. Yeah. It's just, he's, he's really done a disservice to himself and his profession. I'm sorry, I think it's appalling. Awful, awful, awful. Now you and I had a very exciting Saturday. Yes. Play it, Sam. Know this one, don't you? A picture Rog running up and down the stage. Ready? Want my body out? You think I'm sexy? Baby, let me know. Oh, oh. That's Michael Jackson. That's <laughs> the crutch. So it was Rod Stewart live in Newcastle. It was. And he, at one point, he said in the show, I've still got it. 
And do you know what? Yes, Rod, you bloody well do. He was fantastic. This wasn't a concert. This was a party. Absolutely fantastic. He had more changes of costume than King Kardashian. We had sequins. We had silver sparkles. We had trainers that glinted across the stage. He was fantastic. He had lots and lots of screens, didn't he? Yeah. He had backing singers. Yeah. And his singers his singers were brilliant. And what I really loved about him, and you can just tell, like, like Rod Stewart is going and seeing someone that's been doing it all those years and he's such a pro, there's a different energy about the whole thing. Like... He went off. He just kept going off and changing. And he was like, I'm going to get changed again because I can. He just was going, he was dripping in diamonds. I'm sure it must be Diamante with that amount of them, but my God. But what was brilliant about him was he gave all of his singers and his musicians like centre stage. There's no ego, you know. There's no like, I'm the star. Back away, I'm the star. Like all the girls had solo songs and they, it was just such a collaborative feeling everyone on that stage felt equal it wasn't like i'm rod stewart you stand but the audience there. was all middle-aged women wasn't it well actually there was there was also some like uh, young people as well and they knew all the songs it's like families were going so there was all the middle-aged women and that but then there was their daughters and their grandchildren and everybody knew the songs everybody and what was so brilliant about him is he pitched it perfectly it's like I, I can't tell you, he just pitched it perfectly. He did a real, really fantastic dedication to the Ukraine, didn't he? Which was amazing. He sang Rhythm of My Heart and he had all these sort of film um, strips coming up on the screens with all the pictures of the Ukraine. And it was like so touching. It was just so relevant. And that's what I loved about him. So relevant. He did a fantastic tribute to the Queen, really beautiful pictures of her with I'm Sailing. And what really got me was his, he sang I'd Rather Go Blind, which is one of my favourite songs, in tribute to Christine McVeigh, who's recently died. So it's like, it's just a pucker geezer, and something went wrong. It's like, no drama, no aggravation, no tantrums, but there was such an effort to get it right. The film, the, the set, with the film sort of like scrolling down and the pictures... The brilliant humour, the the including, you know, all of the people on the stage in everything in this really respectful way. And he said, you know, every time he tours, he tries to do different songs so that people aren't seeing the same show all the time. And it's just this pucker Essex geezer that you want to go down the pub with. He's just a nice bloke. And that really come across. But you know his children threw rocks at me. They threw rocks at you? Yes. Was you in his bin? I wasn't in his bin because it wasn't... It was David it was, Cassidy, wasn't it? It wasn't David Cassidy. But I went to Los Angeles to interview Bobby Brown. Oh, I love Bobby My Brown. My prerogative. Da, My prerogative. Da, da. Oh, everybody's talking all the stuff. I oh, love Bobby. And I had a free day and I thought, I'm going to go on a tour of the Stars' houses in Beverly Hills. So I got on this coach... And they showed us where all the stars lived. And we stopped outside Rod Stewart's house. So we all got off the bus and stood at the gates. And his children were so fed up with all these tourists coming and looking at his house. They threw rocks through the gate at us. I sort of like that in a way, really. It shows, 
shows spunk, doesn't it? I wasn't best place. No, I'm sure you wasn't. (laughs) It's quite funny. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Shall we go to the readers, Nick? We can go to the readers. We can. And And the listeners. We had readers and listeners, because they don't identify themselves necessarily. No, but they they can be both. They can be both. So we've got Martha, and Martha was talking about an article that you wrote, and it was published a couple of days ago, about women who love too much. It was a whole spread in the Daily Mail on Tuesday, and I think I emailed it to everyone at four o'clock in the morning. I think Liz was in her nude bodycon again. I was in my bodycon... That dress is getting some outings at the minute, isn't it? Oh, Valéger. That's getting, that's getting outings in, in that outfit. I was holding my rented... Little bag. Bag. MS. Rented. Was you, or was you laid out on the sofa? There was one with you prone on the sofa at one point. And point. I was holding a rose. <laughs> a rose that you would then stab the bloke with. So you, you wrote this article. I wrote an article about... A book that came out in 1985 in America called Women Who Love Too Much. And it's just been reissued. It's a brilliant And book. I recognise myself in every single thing she said. Yeah. Do you try to change the man you're with? You know, do you buy him things? Do you try to get him to exercise? Bend do you control backwards. him? So, really, it was about saying... I've always chosen inferior men and tried to improve them and make them better. Whereas actually, I should just love myself and not chase inferior men who are never, ever, ever, ever going to change. And I actually found when I did try to change inferior men, they got worse just to spite me. I think that's what happens. If you keep going on at a man... They're just going to get worse and worse and worse because they do it to spite you. And it isn't much fun for them either. Well, do you think you chose inferior men because that would make them more, need you more? It meant they wouldn't leave me and they would yeah. do what I said. Yeah. 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 So it's but it's funny, well. whenever I've got a piece in the Daily Mail with a picture, so many men contact me. Even though the subject is like, I'm homeless... I choose inferior men, you know. They still contact me for a day. Hey, Liz, I'm inferior. Give us your number. <laughs> they st- it literally, it's like, I'm like catnip, aren't I? Think, I? I think it's I'm that catnip. bodycon dress. It don't, leave bodycon much to, dress. it don't leave much to the imagination, Liz. If I put that on, I'd be like a sausage trussed up for Christmas. You'd be like one of those genetically modified cows. The Michelin man. Have you seen those cows that are genetically modified to be fat? No, I don't think oh, I'd approve. Oh, awful. I do not think I'd approve. No, I, let's say the Michelin man. I, you know, like they have in front of lorries, strapped up in bandages with their arms out. I don't think Herve Leger would dress you, actually. I don't think he'd dress me. I don't, I don't think I would do his brand much good. But that dress is getting a lot of coverage. But it's so picture. funny that no matter what the subject matter, I'm homeless. 
my dogs wee in my bed. I write um, about men every time I date them. and <laughs> All the men I date are inferior and I try to boss them and change them and buy them bicycles and give them kickboxing courses. They still contact me. Do you think there's a pattern here? I'm catnip. You catnip. I'm catnip to men. They can't control themselves, can they? They So did you read did you read Martha's letter? I've forgotten. No, I didn't. I didn't. No. Come on, Martha. Martha. It's your moment in the spotlight, Martha. Come on, Martha. Your five seconds. Is it five seconds of fame we're all supposed to get? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes? She's not getting that. She's not getting that. I've had my fifteen minutes. So Martha said Martha. Martha said, your article in the Daily Mail today is brilliant. Thank you, Martha. And opens up so many more questions, the patterns of so many people brought up in the 60s and 70s to be good in acquiescence, wrap ourselves and adapt. Giving ourselves to others and remain loyal and faithful leaves so many in a vulnerable place. In February this year, I was told to literally flee my home and be taken to a place of safety. And she goes on to say that she worked as a tra- traumatologist for 34 traumatologist. years. Traumatologist. What is a traumatologist? Somebody that helps people with trauma. Right. And even though she was trained, she's got the skill, she still found herself in that situation and couldn't see it. So I think that was a really interesting point, that even when you're knowledgeable, is we make assumptions, don't we, about people being in a situation that they're not knowledgeable, they're not educated, they're not aware but you can be all of that and still get sucked into a negative relationship by a narcissist or by difficult people or by your own needs to be wanted. Yeah, you see, I, you know, a lot of the book is about examining people's childhoods and it's how you were... A lot of people who are in relationships where they love too much and loving too much means controlling, telling the man what to do, monitoring him, making him thinner, buying him clothes... It's all to do with your childhood. And my childhood, my mum and dad weren't very demonstrative. My mum was too busy. My dad fought the Nazis. Did he? Did your dad fought the Nazis? They never told me I was beautiful or that I'd achieve anything. All my mum wanted for me was not to be run over. If I got to adulthood without being run over by a car, job done. That's all she wanted for me was not to be run over. Did you have a particular chant for running out in front of cars or anything? No, but we did live on a very busy A road. Right, okay. But was was she like sort of attracted to them? But just getting me to adulthood was enough. And my role really in the family was to be the good little girl who never complained and was always good. Yeah, yeah. And to give people things and do things for them to keep everyone nice. Because there was lots of arguments in my household growing up because my brothers and sisters were hippies. My dad was a former Nazi fighter. He didn't understand boys with long hair and my sister wanted to play the guitar and they wanted to go and see Bob Dylan on the Isle of Wight. He was very structured, wasn't he, your dad? He wasn't... So there was a conflict generationally, this sort of wartime generation and hippies. There was lots of arguments and shouting... So I was always the peacemaker, the good person, nice to everyone, gave people things, did things for them. So when I then moved into relationships with men, as she explains in this book, if you've been the child of not very demonstrative parents or alcoholics, drug takers, you want to be with someone inferior so you control them. They never leave you. And they do what you say. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Because there's a checklist, isn't there, in the book? There's 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 a questionnaire that you. But every single checklist, yeah. I said yes, that was me. Tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick, and I sort of questioned in the piece why women in 40 years have not progressed from trying to change men, trying to make them better, change their characters, make them love us, do stuff for us. Why we're not more confident in our relationships after 40 years. And she actually thinks it's worse now because whereas I sat by my answer phone and waited for David to call me for five years, women now are constantly, has he texted me, has he... Where's he been on Instagram? Where's he been on Facebook? Who's Who are his friends? What's he been doing? Why is he yeah, not replying yeah. to me? Yeah. It's sort of worse now it's in a way. It's more frenzied, isn't it, now, because of this constant availability? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all I've learnt, really, from my disastrous relationships is you cannot mould or change a man into how you want him to be. You can't. Mm. They just won't do it. No, and actually, why would you even want to try? Why would you, if 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 you're not moulded and you're not together, and you're not some you know sort of oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not on the same on the same page. If you're not on the same page, why have that angst? Why have that that thing where you're constantly you want them to be something they're not? Well, you kind of I think that. women tend to build up a fantasy of a person and they desperately want them to measure yeah. up. See, I've done it the other way around. Most of my boyfriends, I'm the inferior one. You know, I I, I mean, I sort of have uh, been out with some, like, amazing men who, who were far superior to me and I just thought, I think where I didn't have a dad, my dad was an alcoholic and, you know, he wasn't around and he died, which... So I kind of wanted men to love me. I wanted to be loved. So I bent over backwards to try and be loved. So I didn't pick inferior men like you did. I actually, my boyfriends were like Kevin. You know, he was he was he was cleverer than me. He was nicer than me. He was just like this perfect person. I was the inferior one, but I just wanted to be loved. But you weren't very nice to him. No, I was. I was. You I weren't was. There. Um, I was very. I think. Well, the period you're talking about, I was under extreme stress and I just wasn't coping very well. That 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 was the point. And it's sort of, you know, as you say, you shouldn't and you shouldn't do it and I regret doing it, but you kind of let that out on people that you love. Um, but he, you know, so it was, it was different for me, although I sort of had this desperate, like I ticked a lot of the things in the book as well, but it was like I desperately wanted to be loved, but I was the inferior one. Yeah, see, I, my, I think my basic problem is I've never felt attractive, I've never felt lovable, I've never felt interesting or clever. Therefore, I had to get an armour of stuff yeah. to make me better. Yeah. Editor of a magazine, a Georgian house, a sports car, dogs, horses, staff, designer clothes to make myself better. But then when the men didn't appreciate all of that stuff, I got really angry. And resentful. Why do you not appreciate the fact I'm wearing designer? They don't even notice. So you go to all that effort, take them on holidays and stuff, and they're still miserable gits. I think some of the happiest people I know, friends of mine, 
that aren't sort of in that in that loop where they're trying really hard. They are who they are. If they wake up in the morning, scrag their hair up and they're in jeans and a T-shirt and they don't care their boyfriend seeing them without makeup and they're really, they muck in, they don't feel, oh dear, I'm not going to do that in case I look stupid. Well, I've done that a lot. Oh, I don't want to do that in case I look an idiot. And they muck in with the lads and, and they're actually the girls that are really popular. And they're not trying hard. They're not trying at all. They're just being themselves. It's quite interesting, isn't it, about what men really No, because I think if you're... So you choose an inferior man because he won't reject you. You're fabulous. They just resent you for that. And you want them to be as fabulous as you are in your fabulous life. And they just refuse to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think that is a breeding ground for resentment. Definitely, because you're going to resent them for not being who they resent you, you. Want them to be, and they resent you because I mean, who wants? Pressure. You know, I would say the reason I split up with David was because he would do nothing about his fat. Yeah, and I couldn't stay in it. You no. know, I remember I stayed in it once. The boiler wasn't working, and the, it's dirty, and and it made me feel I've reinvented myself for you. I got an amazing career, amazing house, amazing contacts, an interesting life. And you won't even empty the rubbish from your no. garden. But the and it's there's a funny sentence in the piece was that it sort of summed up our relationship. He went out and he came back and there was a Pimlico plumber's man up a ladder in his bathroom mending his bathroom. That sort of summed it up. Yeah. So he thought she's going to take over and I'm not good enough. And for me to be good enough, I'm going to have to put in the effort. I can't be bothered. But did he feel not good enough? Do these men feel not good enough? They feel they... not good enough, but they're so lazy, they won't change. Yeah. They'd see, rather they be on their own than be good enough to be with someone fabulous, which I am fabulous. I'm funny, I'm interesting, I've got anecdotes about Rod Stewart. Yeah. I take them amazing places. I don't think men can deal with fabulous, So what actually. have you learned from this book? What are you going to do differently next time? Not date inferior men. Like, so many men contacted me after they saw the picture airbrushed in the Villager bandage dress. Not a lot to the imagination. But they're not good enough for me, these men. They're just boring, middle-aged men with pot bellies. They're not good enough for me. We need to put an advert in. So if you're good enough, if you're interesting enough, if you're funny enough, if you're solvent, no, damn it, more than solvent. But the trouble is, if if someone's rich, funny, you know, if they're like Nick Hornby or Hanif Qureshi or, or someone... They don't want me. They don't want me in it. They don't want me. They don't. They don't. They don't want Lizzie. That's probably because you're right about them. That's it. No, it's not that really. It's because I'm too challenging and also they want someone younger. I think you get to the point where actually these these men... I mean, look at Salman Rushdie. Look at who he goes out with. Salman Rushdie's not going to choose me, is he? Even though he's only got one eye. He might be bowled over by your anecdotes. He might. You might antidote him with your anecdotes. He might. Give it a go. Give it a go. Do you want to hear from Jeremy? Yes. Now, Jeremy, this is this is in relation to your fabulousness. 
Germany says, good evening, Miss Jones. Unless, of course, you've become rather proficient on the cello and can perform air on a G-string. See, it's funny. This, no, it's you funny. have to explain the context. I wrote a moan saying that connecting my Sonos speaker... Yes. ...to my phone, it would be easier for me to fly Apollo 11 to the moon... You did. So Jeremy offered to help you. Or learn to play the cello. And one of my favourite pieces of music is Air on a G-String. I don't think it is, actually. What was, what was I it I said know. in I, piece? Think, I, I don't know. I'm just taking Air on a G-String, as in playing your G-String. No. Oh, God. Right, it wasn't Air on a G-String, whatever your name is, Jeremy. Jeremy. It was... Yo-yo, see, I am clever. Go on. I listen to this a lot. Yo-yo Ma, cello suite number one in G major, Beethoven. Right. It is the most beautiful piece of music. No, it's Bach. Yo-yo Ma, J.S. Bach, on a cello. You can't beat Chopin's piano. Nocturnes, no. No, Can't beat it. No, Chopin. Did you hear how beautiful that was? Not as beautiful as Chopin. I'm going to go into a war with you over Bach and Chopin. Anyway, Jeremy says he would come and help you and sort it out and his offer is unconditional, gratis, although he does have an association with Age UK in Essex. (laughs) And his decision to volunteer his services is not any way connected... Oh, Jeremy, God. Jeremy, f- off. Oh, God forbid your age. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought that was bloody classic. So, have you got... What is your Christmas wish this year? you have a Christmas wish. That you're not sick all year. Oh, God. <laughs> she, she's, she's like the Death Eaters in Harry Potter. She'd suck the joy. Suck it right out of Christmas. Come on, Grinch. Are you ready to party? You've all got to sing along. Yeah, this is this is all a joint effort. If you're out dog walking, crank it up and join in. Now this, this is Christmas. Are you ready, ladies? Last Christmas I gave you my heart But the very next day I gave it away This year I all the Give it to someone special Who loves a bit of George? Gave you my La 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 I gave it away La 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 I've still lost my voice, I can't crank it up It's really annoying Right, have a happy Christmas everyone Happy Christmas Oh I love George Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit melplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.